Today's conversation and topic on the podcast is one that as a dietitian, I get a ton of pushback on, and it's the topic of rest. Now, if you're rolling your eyes at me because you think of the word rest and you think sleeping or lying on a couch and doing nothing, or if the word lazy even comes to mind, then this episode is absolutely one for you to stay in and check out because we're not just talking about sleep or physical rest. Yes, those things are important, but I also want to help answer the question for you today. How can we as Christians stop trying to prove ourselves and learn to rest? Rest is absolutely necessary and so beneficial in tons of different ways, which is why I'm bringing on Emily Lewis to help me with this conversation. Together, she and I are going to try to help you better understand how striving and that attempt to prove ourselves instead of resting and who God says we are can severely impact our confidence levels and the way that we grow on our journey to food and body freedom. So without further ado, let's dive into episode 41 as we tackle the frustrating yet beneficial topic of rest. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of the Joy-Filled Eater podcast, and today you guys have a an extra special treat because we're talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart because so often when we are talking about nutrition and body image and food freedom, not enough people want to dive into what is one of the big causes underneath all of that. So today we're diving into maybe a little bit of uncomfortable, push you out of your comfort zone uh, kind of conversation. And to help me do that today, um, I have brought in my friend and guest, Emily Lewis. So Emily, we are really excited to have you here to join us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Brittany. I'm excited to talk about it. Now, Emily, I, I know I introduced you before we got started here. And so everybody knows a little bit about what you do, but I would love for you just to Introduce yourself and tell us, you are a worthiness coach, so tell us a little bit about what that means and really how you how you got into this or what you, like how you serve women with that. Thank you. Uh, so it's born from my own journey of trying really hard to measure up. I felt like it was my job to keep people happy and in order to keep people happy and accepting of me, I followed all the rules. Um, And that was how I tried to prove that I was valuable and worthy of being accepted and loved. Fast forward like 26 years of doing this. And the main uh, way that I found my worth um, was in my relationship with God and performance based um, living. And He interrupted everything um, when I was gifted a faith crisis and started asking questions that I had been so terrified to ask because, you know, you're supposed to just follow the rules. That was how I felt. Stopping following all the rules and starting to ask questions made me realize that God actually liked me 
and like loved me, not just like in my head, I knew he loved me because the Bible says so. Mm -hmm. I didn't really experience his love personally. So experiencing that shifted everything towards freedom and flourishing and abundant life and confidence in who God created me to be instead of who I was trying to be and who I thought I was supposed to be. And that peace in the middle is knowing my worth, knowing who God says I am, not who I think I'm supposed to be. So that's what I love helping uh, people do is go from this place of striving and performance and trying to prove themselves to freedom and um, doing so because God says that we are already worthy and we don't have to um, do something, do all the things in order to prove that. So something that you said that really stuck out to me that I like latch onto that is, is a big thing that I do inside my programs and with my clients and courses is rule breaking. Like you mentioned, like you got to, you had to start breaking all the rules that the world told you and start really diving into what the Lord says about your worth. And all, I'm all about breaking some rules, especially when it comes to um, what the world tells you, you know, you quote unquote should or shouldn't be eating or what your body should or shouldn't look like. So I'm excited to have this conversation because worthiness um, for those of you who don't know my, like, this is the joyful eater podcast and my my program where I work with the majority of my clients is the Joy-Filled Eater. And one of the very first modules that we go through is on core beliefs and limiting beliefs. And one of the four big categories of limiting beliefs that we talk about in there is worthiness and worthiness being a huge factor on like how you see yourself as worthy or unworthy drives so many thoughts and behaviors and Ultimately, those a lot of those behaviors impact the way that we care for or withhold care from ourselves and our body. So um, one of the big ways that I see worthiness show up in a lot of my clients is just this constant striving. So like this, I don't know if I would say like a mistake or a barrier that holds a lot of people back is thinking, well, I don't have I don't have time to rest or I don't have time to um, recharge or take care of myself physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever it might be. Or even maybe even a subset of that feeling like I don't deserve to rest or I don't deserve to feel worthy until I've done such and such to earn it, right? Like I can't rest until I've gotten X amount of exercise today from a physical rest standpoint, or I can't rest, you know, like working on some aspect of my nutrition or health until I've checked the boxes on all these things. And what I normally see that leading to is just this constant striving, right? This constant, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to prioritize rest because I can't. And that usually leads to a lot of increased stress and stretching yourself thin in a lot of areas and people pleasing and burnout and all the things. So I feel like I'm probably preaching to the choir because you probably talk about this like all the time. So how, how do you maybe like just to start when it comes to rest? Cause I would, I would love for us to hone on, on this today on just like what is it about, like, how do we as Christian women, especially stop trying, like focusing on that performance-based living, stop trying to strive and feel like we have to prove ourselves all, all the time and learn to actually rest. So can you maybe just start off by like, how do you see, how do you see that showing up? And then we'll move from there to talking about really what rest is, but yeah. How do you see how do you see that lack of rest or that striving or performance-based living showing up for especially a lot of Christian women? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see it 
in the way that we the way that we parent, the way that we um, do our ministry, the way that we do our spiritual practices. Um, and it comes with one word a lot, and it's should. I should be doing. I should be better at. I should have. I should have known, or I should be. Like, think, recognize, and I know you talk about this too, but recognize those places where you're saying I should be. Because maybe you should be, or maybe you feel like you should be. And there's a big difference um, between what is actually your assignment and what you've let build up on your shoulders um, with a lot of pressure. One of the messages that was pivotal for me in that asking question season was a message titled, The Pressure's Off. And I was like, oh, I don't have to put all this pressure on me because God's not putting all this pressure on me to get it perfect. And I still find myself sometimes feeling like I'm a failure. Um, that's the one that's been coming up lately. And when those come up, we can get curious about them. Why do I feel like I'm failing? Did I drop the ball on some things? How can I extend grace to myself and let myself off the hook instead of piling more on our plates? So I want to paint a picture for you that I call the performance hamster wheel. Yes. I don't know if you've heard me <laughs> talk about it, but... Okay. So picture a circle in your mind. At the bottom is paralysis, defeat, insecurity, uh, inner critic. And what a lot of times what we're trying to do is outwork this inner critic. We're trying to prove this inner critic wrong by achieving, by performing, by following the rules. And so we travel up like, here we are, we're following all the rules. We're on this side of this circle and then we're getting to this top and we find success. This is the tricky thing. Sometimes it works. Following that diet sometimes gets you the results that you want. Restricting sometimes gets you the result that you want. Performing for God's acceptance makes us feel more secure. So we're we're kind of masking those insecurities and that fear mm -hmm. by performance. And it works until it doesn't, until we're triggered, until um, we're not getting the desired result. And then we're traveling back down to the bottom of this circle, back to paralysis. And that's how we kind of yo-yo back and forth. It's like that all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. And in order to get off of it, then we have to establish new beliefs. So that was really fast going through it. But I want you to think through like what things in your life have that Monday morning energy, that New Year's resolution, muster it up some more courage to try again energy. Because mm -hmm. that I don't think that's when we're approaching things from a grace-based perspective, we're just kind of like trying to go all in to silence the things instead of dealing with the things and yeah. creating new beliefs. Oh, that's so good. Um, I love that that picture of a hamster wheel. Y'all have heard me on this show. I love analogies. I love visual kind of examples and thinking about like trying to outrun this thing that's nearly impossible to do, right? That we, we do sometimes experience those temporary wins or those temporary sensations of success, but it is not sustainable. Right. And even if it was, even if you had that occasional hamster that like grips on the wheel, once it's going fast and goes around in circles, you just get dizzy and you feel like crud afterwards. So, so I love, I love that picture. And it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow though. The like, Hey, why, like, why do I feel the need or what's keeping me from maybe allowing myself to rest and stopping. And sometimes we just convince ourselves like, well, it's worth it if I get that occasional win or that occasional success. And so when it comes to rest, 
I know scripture speaks into this so much, Emily, but um, how would you, for the sake of our conversation today, just to get everybody on the same page, when you talk about the importance of rest and not striving um, and giving ourselves that opportunity to really battle insecurity, what would you just, what would you say about rest? Like, how would you define it? Or where do you pull from scripture that really helps give a good picture of what like biblical rest looks like? I love pulling from Genesis chapter one, two, three, the creation account where um, God creates Adam and Eve on the sixth day and he rests on the seventh. And something that we miss a lot in our culture is the fact that you're already worthy and deserving of rest before you've done anything to quote unquote earn it. And when we look at this creation account, Adam and Eve's first day was a day of rest. And I don't think that was on accident. It's pretty profound that they didn't do anything and their their first full day is rest. Maybe he names the animals on day six. Don't quote me. I think I maybe have my order out of order, but he he doesn't have tending the garden on his list before he's allowed to rest. Who God says we are um, is also exemplified in the account of Jesus's um, baptism before his earthly ministry, before he's done anything, he has spent 30 years preparing, which some of us would look at going, I'm 29 and I don't have my ministry yet. I'm 26 and I'm not married or I have, I'm not sure what my calling's supposed to be. And we're like, we're wasting 30 years of our lives. And like Jesus didn't even start his like big ministry until 30 as the son of God with all the power that he had. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. But then he gets baptized and Um, ascends right in between heaven and earth. And there's a voice that says, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased before he does any miracles, before he does anything. And those two examples are huge for us when we think about rest and that we already are deserving of it just because it's how we're wired. God created us not to be um, contributors. He didn't just create us to be um, productive He created us to be human beings. And then remembering that Jesus was given the title first, beloved, and we are given that title too. And we can work from that place of rest and we can work from that place of worth instead of trying to go after it and chase it. I think it's so important to understand the kind of example that Jesus set for us with rest, that God the Father and Jesus the Son show us in scripture. And so I think a lot of people are familiar with the Sabbath and God demonstrated rest for us. But I love that you specifically pointed out that that was, that was like the first full day that Adam and Eve got to experience, right? They were created on the sixth day, but their first like sun up to sundown day is like, as we read in scripture, was that day of rest. And I can only imagine being Eve's, being with Adam in that garden, going like my first full day, I just get to spend in relationship with the Lord and not working, not earning, not feeling this need to deserve it, right? Like it's a gift, right? Then, And I feel like so often we don't see rest as a gift. We see it as an obligation, whether it's physical rest, spiritual rest, anything else. And so I think when we see something that's like, this is a have to, we don't enjoy the gift that it is and see it for all its benefits. And we often like are almost forced to rest 
I love the passage in Psalm 23. It's the second verse where um, it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. It doesn't say he suggests I lie down or he encourages me to lie down or he invites me to lie down. It says he makes me. When I read that, I think that's a reminder to me that like sometimes I, God has to, has to stop me and force me to rest because I, you know, if I have this, I have, I'm very, um, type A with a lot of, <laughs> with a lot of the things that I do. I love a good checklist. I love a schedule. Um, and I know my need for rest, but sometimes I am not prioritizing it. And so I would love Emily, if you have some examples, whether it's personal or, or things that you've seen otherwise, when you were on this journey to let go of performance-based living and really rest in your worth and who God created you to be, what were some of those first things that maybe made you realize that you needed that rest more? Yeah. So the first thing that shifted for me was my motivation for doing things. So my motivation was no longer fear of rejection, fear of God being disappointed in me. If I wasn't doing all the things, if I wasn't measuring up, um, I could let go of the motivation of guilt. Well, I should be, or I can let go of the motivation of shame. Like, well, what if I'm not? Like, am I, am I still worthy if I'm not? So when we can let go of those motivations and we can heal and do things from a place of love, that was, that's first getting to the place where our motivation is love. And then what follows is rest. So we can go, wait a second, maybe I don't have to be doing all the things. Maybe I don't have to be involved in all the things and I can say no, because I already know that my worth is not determined by what I'm accomplishing and what I'm doing. So that's the first place I would start in mindset. It's like, look at your motivations. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you feel guilty when you say no? Why do you feel like you have to have your calendar packed full? I remember one time, um, this was before I had healed, but I thought it was my responsibility to pack everything in as possible. I thought it was my job. I thought that was me being a good steward of the time. I thought that was me redeeming the time, was packing it so full. And I, somebody gave me a phone call and they were kind of in an authority position and asked me to do something. And I was in that moment, I don't even remember what was going on in my life that week, but I was so exhausted. I was on the verge of tears. You know, when you're just in that, yes. like you can feel it bubbling and you just could crash. And she called and asked if I could do something. And everything in me was like, no, you can't. And I pulled out my planner and I had like this little two hour window on Thursday. And I was like, yes, I can. Because I thought, because I could, I should. Um, and I want you people listening to just give themselves permission to have margin. Your worth isn't in your productivity or your contribution. Um, so start with those, start with that mindset shift and some curiosity around what makes you feel like you have to be producing most of the time? Or make, what makes you feel like your house has to be clean? What makes you feel like you have to get this um, nutrition thing just right? Like, where do those come from? Shift your motivation and then the pressure will let off of your shoulders. Yes. And you have to give yourself permission to let go of some of those things, right? The, if I could, if I can do it, I should be doing it. If I could do this, I should do it. I have heard that more times than I can count on my fingers and toes with clients. Um, not only with getting things like done around the house or at work, but also I've had a number of clients that have said, well, if I have energy, I should be exercising. Or if I have time in my schedule and I haven't done it, I should be moving or I should be 
menu planning, grocery shopping, doing something for my health. And that can be a super, super dangerous slope to go down because margin is something you mentioned that we really need to make a priority. And the number one pushback that I get from that when I'm encouraging clients to rest or when we're talking about like a a busy schedule is not like does not need to be the goal all the time. Yes, we're going to have busy days or busy seasons, but like I've caught myself when someone says, Hey, how are you? Instead of saying how I am, I'm like, Oh, you know, we're just, I'm really busy. And that's almost become like a source of like compliment or like, Hey, I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing a lot. I'm accomplishing stuff, but we don't want that mentality because the Lord created margin for a reason. It's, it's so helpful for us. And if we get stuck in that, if I could, I should mentality, we're going to constantly be striving. That is going to push us further and further away from rest. And so um, you mentioned making that mindset shift first around like knowing I don't have to deserve or earn rest. Like it's something that God demonstrated. It was a gift for us even to prepare us like for the week to come. That's how I love to view our Sundays. Saturday is really our Sabbath day as a family. That's when we say no to most everything, unless it's like a family oriented activity. And then Sunday is kind of our like it's our day we do church and then the afternoons become family time and a little bit of preparation for the week. Um, and it took a lot for us to really start intentionally prioritizing rest because rest, at least for me, doesn't usually just happen by accident unless it's one of those situations where the Lord is like, you can't handle this physically anymore. Like go to bed, stop working. You're so, you're going to be so tired. You can't do anything from a physical rest standpoint. Um, so was there was there anything for you, Emily, that you just, you had to start choosing to do really intentionally in order to actively implement or prioritize more rest in your life? And then what kind of difference did that make for you when, when you started doing that? I love your mention of Sabbath because mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so inconvenient when we look at our busy schedules and we think 24 hours of rest, like how, how in the world am I supposed to take time out? And I think it was Rich, um, Biotas, I think that's how you say his last name, um, that he has said it was either him or Pete Scazzaro who said that if you don't have time for a Sabbath, you're doing too much. Um, and I think the quote goes on to talk about how much we're putting on our own shoulders, how much we are assuming is our responsibility to get all the things done as if that was our sole responsibility. And as if God wasn't the one actually partnering with us or inviting us to partner with him. Um, So starting with creating margin, maybe that's penciling it into your calendar, like literally saying an hour for just hanging out and being, uh, or maybe that is a full Sabbath that you go, you know what, Sunday, we're not doing anything. We're going to go, we're going to go participate, um, with our church and then we're not going to work on home projects. Maybe that's Friday afternoon that your family needs to have some space, put that in your calendar. And it's really uncomfortable. Like you said, cause rest is so vulnerable. It's me saying, um, that I need a break. It's me saying that I can't do all the things. It's a physical uh, act of saying, I'm not the one who holds this all together. 
and we have to surrender that control and instead rest and just be. Um, some other things that I've done like practically in order to rest are, uh, well, I read the book, um, sacred rest by Sandra Dalton Smith. Have you ever? No, I have heard that mentioned and I could not remember it. Somebody mentioned it to me a while back. So say it one more time and I'm going to, I'll link it up in the show notes. It's sacred rest by Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith. And she talks about seven different kinds of rest. And this is so uh, key when we're thinking about rest is the different types of rest that we need. Because sometimes we think of physical rest, like physical rest matters, getting enough sleep matters. But even beyond that, when are we just pausing and letting our bodies be still? Um, she talks about um, mental rest also, finding ways to just recharge our, our minds instead of constantly ruminating on things or scrolling. Um, she talks about sensory rest because some of us are so over um, stimulated. Our world is busy. Our world is loud. Like you step outside your door and you might even think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be quiet and peaceful. And it's not always. It's loud. Um, she also talks about um, creative rest, doing something that's creative, that doesn't have an, an end goal, just creating. And that helps our minds just rest. So implementing, I don't even think I covered all seven of them, but implementing those pieces of rest is really key so that we can create, so we can create the physical space in our calendars for rest. And then we can go, okay, what kind of rest is my soul craving? Am I craving connection? Am I craving creativity? Am I craving just a brain break? Like what kind of rest do you need um, so that you can be filling up the right bucket? Because I think we've all rested. Um, Maybe we took a nap or maybe we put our phone down or maybe we scrolled on our phone for an hour or something. We tried to rest and we end up walking away from that thing that somebody else says is recharging. Maybe baths are not your thing. Maybe baths are your thing. Maybe a walk is your thing. But if we're trying to do what other people find restful instead of what actually is filling our cup up, we're going to walk away from that going, I don't feel any better. I feel like I just did a should. I I should rest. So I, I did, um, but I don't feel any better. So figure out what kind of rest you need and fill that fill that appropriate bucket. That sounds so similar to the way that I approach nutrition with my clients too. And like, you you can't find a cookie cutter one size fits all. That's why I'm not about telling my clients exactly like what to eat or how to eat because I can't, I can't tell how the food affects your body. Like I can understand what you tell me, but I don't experience it. So how am I supposed to know what feels good and what doesn't? So I, I think that's such a, a phenomenally like, individualized way to go about it, to go how, like, what's going to refuel me, what's going to recharge me. Um, making, I know for me, like it makes a huge difference when I get rest, like, like, I guess personal story here, like last night I had some things on my list that I wanted to do after I put my kids down to bed. And, um, I had like a couple of emails I wanted to respond to and catch up on. I had something else I wanted to kind of prep for today. I've got a speaking engagement coming up and thought, well, I'll just, you know, send a couple of quick things and, you know, spend like 15 minutes to prepare for my day tomorrow. Well, after I tucked my daughter in, I could, I could physically and mentally feel my exhaustion. And I went in, my husband was already, he was getting his shower. So I thought, well, I'm just going to lay on the bed for a few minutes while he's in his shower. Then when he gets out, that's usually our time also to just kind of have some downtime. So I thought, 
I lay down for a few minutes. I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll set my timer for 10 or 15 minutes to do these couple of things. And then we'll have our like just evening time where we, you know, sit in the living room and kind of hang out. And I passed out asleep. I was so tired. I realized physically and mentally I was drained for the day. And I feel so much better today knowing I got probably an extra hour to hour and a half of sleep last night than I would have if I had stayed up. And like for me, and that's just an example of physical rest. It was mental too, but it makes such a huge difference for me in how I show up the next day and how I care for myself and my body. And so for you, Emily, is there anything that you notice that really changes for you physically, mentally, spiritually, or otherwise, um, when you do prioritize rest? When rest isn't like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, rest is lazy or I can, I can rest when fill in the blank. What do you notice changes on the days or weeks where you prioritize rest versus maybe the ones where mm-hmm. it gets pushed to the side a little bit more? Peace. <laughs> That's uh, the first thing to go is my yeah. peace. One of my favorite affirmations for this is everything that must get done today will get done today. Or you can um, put a different spin on it that I've kind of been doing more lately is like, I have time for everything that God is asking me to do. Because mm, sometimes we just believe the lie that we don't or that somehow we believe that it's okay to be frantic. And I believe that it's okay to have seasons that are busy. Absolutely. It is just the way, the nature of life. Some things will pile up in a week or in a month and it will be busy. But what is the, what is the cadence? What is the rhythm of your life? Um, and are we believing that it's our job to get it all done? Because I have some big projects on my plate and I've realized like last week, like the reason that I'm struggling with my mindset is because I'm doing too much and it's hard to go, wait a second. That means I have to let some of this go. That means I have to get a little more organized so that I can delegate some of this. That means I'm literally going to have to set some balls down. I might even drop some balls, but if I have to be prioritizing rest, this might, I don't know how much sleep you all get. So some of you are going to be like, oh, that's a lot of sleep. And some of you are going to be like, girl, you need more. But May and June, and then it spilled over into July. We're like so busy for me. And I knew it. And I had started pumping the brakes in the beginning of June, like cutting things out, like saying no to podcast interviews, saying no to like different PR things, saying no to speaking things, saying no to different tasks that I just delegated to my team or we just stopped doing. Like I just started cutting back, but it still wasn't enough. And towards the end of July, it's like, you know what? I have to be getting seven hours of sleep at night. I cannot be doing this, staying up late with my husband at night and getting up at 5.30 in the morning. I can't, I'm not functioning well. And I know my mindset is not good because of that. I feel so different again after prioritizing and it wasn't, flashy. It wasn't fancy. All I did was whatever time I went to bed, I made sure I did not get up until the next morning until I had at least seven hours of sleep. And sometimes it's just things like that. And maybe you have to go backwards and say, okay, I know I have to get up at five. So I have to be in bed by nine or 10, whatever you need. But those kind of things that we're, we can almost have to force ourselves to rest and believe that God is going to reward the work that we're doing we might get there slower than we wanted to. That is that that word is for me. Like God it gives me an assignment and then I immediately assign like a date to it. 
he says, why don't you try that? And I'm like, oh, we're going to try it. We're all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I have a date on it. I have expectations. And God was like, wait, wait, wait a second. I asked you to do that, but I did not ask you to make this to be a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. So what if we put less pressure on it and maybe no timeline, right? Yeah. What if we pump the brakes on that goal? And just rest and trust that everything that must get done today will get done today. And God is not asking you to do more than you have capacity for. So maybe admit that you have less capacity than you do and take a break. We could steer off into an entire second episode from this, Emily, because one of the biggest frustrations, and I saw this especially, I mean, I see it in my outpatient practice as well, but I would see it a lot um, when I worked in a an eating disorder treatment center would one of the first questions our clients would ask when they would come into our treatment team meetings was how long do you think I'm going to be here? Um, and they put a timeline on, okay, if I'm supposed to be, you know, working on recovery, a lot of my clients are very, um, type a as well. Not everybody, but it's very much like you, when you, when you have that goal, you want to go all in on it and, it's sort of like in business when I want to accomplish something, I'll often set a due date for it so that I can hold myself accountable. And when we do that with God, we have to understand God doesn't like his timeline is not like ours. <laughs> so whether it's I'm a, I'm an A student, I was really good at my eating disorder and now I'm going to be really good at recovery or um, I am very detail oriented. And so if my goal is to trigger warning here, like lose X amount of weight, for somebody, because I hear this a lot. Um, well, then I need to do X, Y, and Z in this timeline in order to get here, and I should be experiencing X amount of change in whatever time. And oh, it does; it puts so much pressure. We put so much undue pressure on ourselves. And as you were talking through, it brought up the story of Noah in my head when the Lord asked him to build an ark, and Noah's first question wasn't, "Okay, God, when does this need to be done by? Like, when are you bringing the rain?" He never, I mean, I never read anywhere in scripture where it says like, okay, how many days do I have to get this done? He tells him to do it. He steps out in faith and he follows instructions. And then when, when the ark is done, that's when the rain comes and the Lord shuts the door to it. Um, And I think that's such a beautiful example. And the way that you phrase like everything that God has for me, and I may not say this exactly the same way that you did, but whatever God has for me to do today. I'll get done or there's time to do whatever God has for me today. And I think that when we prioritize our spiritual health and our relationship with the Lord first, before other things, we can, it's a lot easier, more simple to align our priorities with the priorities that the Lord has for us, rest being one of them. And when we're striving to perform and to earn, we've got to recognize like, okay, well, that doesn't work with God. Our, my, my worth isn't changed based on how much I think I can earn it because God doesn't say, okay, you have this much and then you have this much. But if you do, you know, two more laps, then you'll be this much more worthy. And so when we can mm-hmm. recognize that performance based mindset that you've been describing, like, and go, that's not from God. What <laughs> then I think that opens up a great place to ask so many of these questions. So Emily, for the the woman who is listening, who is really maybe struggling to prioritize rest or maybe hasn't even had it on the radar, like I rest with my leftover time. Whatever time is left over, that's when I'll sleep. That's when I'll 
relax or if I have time, it's going to be filled up with something, right? Like the goal is to be more quote unquote productive. Um, going back to that initial example you gave of the hamster wheel and trying to outrun that insecurity, what can you tell just to give some hope, cast some vision maybe for the woman who's listening, who's, who's on the hamster wheel right now, what would you tell her about what is possible? What can actually happen when we get off the hamster wheel and we stop trying to outrun our insecurities? Mm. Yeah. So it's so much more free. It's so much more, there's so much more confidence. So you feel confident when you're achieving, but on the days that you don't, you might feel defeated and it's okay to have contrast. Life is full of contrast. And that reminds us of good days and hard days. And it's, it's all fine. But if you want to stay that mindset, not to be sticky, I think that's a really good analogy. Like you don't want that, those thoughts to be sticky. Those thoughts can come in, but you can recognize them, be curious about them, thank them for trying to protect you from something Mm -hmm. and dismiss them. And that's it. Um, rather than letting them be sticky. If you want to get to that point, we need to break that hamster wheel. We need to create a way out of that loop, out of that circle. And the way that you can go about that is establishing new beliefs. And it might take something abrupt, like not doing something. It might take something that's good on your list and get rid of it. It's not for you in this season. Stop doing it. Maybe it's a service that you do. Maybe it's a um, task that you do and you need to delegate it to another family member. Like stop doing something. And that can, like I think I mentioned it, like it's that physical act of acknowledging my worth is not in my work. And if maybe rest isn't on your radar, like I don't know, I just feel busy. I just feel frantic. Be aware of the times that you're multitasking. When do you try to do 15 things at a time where you're going to, oh, I'm going to listen, I'm going to listen to that book while I clean my bathroom. And I'm also going to teach my kid at the same time. (laughs) Or like, when are you multitasking and where can you switch that to being more grounded and more present? So there's a couple, there's a couple different things depending on what you need right now. I love that. And I feel like throughout this episode and just now you've given some really great, just simple next steps that, you know, as you guys are listening to this episode and as we wrap up here in a minute, that if you're not prioritizing rest, I mean, one of the things you mentioned earlier, Emily, was like pencil margin into your schedule, like prioritize it like you would a doctor's appointment or a meeting for work or a kid's, you know, dance recital and make it a priority because I feel like time is like money in the sense of like, if we don't tell it where it's going to go or we don't put it in its place, it's going to go somewhere else right? Like it's just going to get pulled away. And so for me, like if I, if something is on my calendar, you can bet I'm going to follow through with integrity. If I schedule a call with somebody, unless something totally out of my control comes up, I'm going to follow through with it. And I'm also, if something does come up, I'm going to let that person know as early as possible. Right. And so when it comes to margin saying like, I'm going to commit to this, whether it feels comfortable or not. And then You also just mentioned like just a second ago, saying no or delegating. So, and sometimes the no isn't a hard no on like, this isn't going to happen, but Hey, I can't be the one to make this happen. Right. And sometimes there's blessing. There can be huge blessing in that on, you know, if I say no 
to something. Maybe it's for serving something at my church or making a meal for somebody and I don't have the capacity or maybe I don't have the grocery budget left for this month and it's really vulnerable for me to say, no, I I just can't do that right now. That also gives somebody else an opportunity to be a blessing and to use their gifts and talents in another way too. And so being able to say no or delegate and ask for help, I think is such a beautiful thing. But I loved that you said like, rest is vulnerable. I don't know that I've ever put that kind of language to it before. You mentioned that towards the beginning of our conversation. Um, And I love that perspective because it is. And I think that's one of the big things probably that makes rest so scary for people is because we think about vulnerability as like sharing our deep, dark secrets or saying something we don't want other people to know or like masking some of those insecurities, but choosing to rest and say, okay, God, what do you have for me right now? Or I'm choosing to set aside something that I would normally do that helps me to feel like I'm accomplishing something. That mm-hmm, can right. that can be a really hard thing. So if we think about the three different relationships and the vulnerability with it, whether rest feels vulnerable with ourselves because we might be afraid what we're going to hear. You might be afraid of what's going to come up. Because um, Again, if we're trying to outwork those insecurities, if we stop, what are we going to hear? Are we going to hear shame? Are we going to hear condemnation? Are we going to hear you're not enough? Like what's, what's going on inside of us? What story are we living? Then vulnerable with our relationship with God, like what is, what does he think of me? Like that can be a really good key um, to say, what is my perception of God? What is my perception of his perception of me? And then that vulnerability with other people, like you said, to say, Hey, I don't have the capacity for that right now. I like to pretend like I'm bulletproof sometimes Mm -hmm. and I'm not, and I don't have it all together. Um, but maybe I do really like it when people think I have it all together, you know? So being aware of, in each of those three categories in those relationships, how rest can be scary and give yourself permission for it to be scary. Um, Cause the last thing you want to do is go, man, this is scary. And I shouldn't be feeling scared. Like, wait a second. It's hard. Let it be hard and press into that hardness and figure out what's there. Um, give yourself permission instead of shame. Love that. Swap, swap the shame for permission. And it's okay for something to feel scary. And we don't have to let fear be the thing that holds us back. Because we we hear in scripture about how Satan is the father of lies and he lies to us. And oftentimes we're gonna have those thoughts that tell us, like, okay, well, if you rest, here's this thing that might happen, or you should. I know I say this all the time, but <laughs> we have to be careful with like you just using that word should stop. The phrase I always heard from a friend of mine was stop shutting all over yourself, right? Like stop saying yep. should yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, and so being able to catch that and go, it is okay to feel fear. I have the capacity to do that. And it also doesn't mean that I can't choose to do it anyway. So um, I felt like this was such a helpful and needed conversation today, Emily. So um, for those listening who are like, I know this is a struggle for me. I, I currently struggle to rest. I have not yet learned how to prioritize it. And I would love to hear more. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the Abundant Grace 
podcast and then any other um, resources or recommendations maybe you have for someone who wants to connect with you further or learn more about prioritizing rest. Thank you, Brittany. So the podcast Abundant Grace, I talk a lot about rest and being confident in who God created you to be in your relationship with God in the missions that you're on. So go check check that out for sure. Um, and then I'm active on Instagram. That's emily.abundantgrace is my handle there. And then if you want to shape and change your beliefs, if you're like, man, I do want off that performance hamster wheel, but I don't know what belief to start with. I have a five minute worthiness meditation. That is a really great place to start. Just let somebody else speak the truth of God's word and the truth of who God says you are over you. And you can get that at yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash meditation. And then put in your name and email and the video will pop up um, for you to just listen to and it's something you can go back to. It's something you can start your days with or listen to when, um, sometimes it feels like your inner critic wakes up before you do (laughs) and we need some kind of truth being spoken back to that. So that meditation is a great place to start. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom and insight today and giving everyone some next steps. Um, and thank you to everyone who hung out with us today listening. I don't take it for granted for a moment that you choose to spend your precious time here with us today. Um, so as always, until next time, friends, may you be filled with joy and abound. Do you feel encouraged or inspired to take your next steps toward food and body freedom after listening to today's episode? If so, would you take 30 seconds to leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? It's the absolute best way to support the show and share what you're loving about it so that we can continue to spread the word and serve you with even more incredible topics and special guests. If you want even more free support on your food freedom and body image journey, then make sure you get on our VIP list right now. As a VIP insider, you'll get bonus podcast content from me every Tuesday to help you press forward on your food freedom journey. And you'll have the opportunity to submit requests for the topics and guests you want to hear from on the show. To get on that list right now, just head to BrittanyBraswellRD.com slash VIP or find the link in today's show notes. And lastly, if you're tired of trying to Google your way to better body image or food freedom, I have something for you. We have a course suite that can help you take your next steps. So whether you're looking for a Christ-centered approach to overcoming disordered eating, wanting to improve your body image without all the worldly affirmations and self-esteem myths, or you just need a little guidance to boost the nutritional value of your meals and snacks at home, I've got you covered, friend. Head to BrittanyBraswellRD.com slash DIY to check out our signature courses and find the one that best fits what you need right now. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. I'll see you next time on the Joyful Eater Podcast.